Hello everybody, welcome to episode 24 of Competitive Magic with the Carnies. I'm your host from Italy, Andrea Mengucci, and joining me today we have Javier Dominguez from Spain. Hello everyone. And that is actually it, because Anthony is flying across some oceans, not, not exactly sure uh, what's, the, what's the route from uh, Perth to to uh, uh, Philadelphia, because, you know, Australia is so far away. I'm assuming it's going to the Pacific Ocean, right? Uh, I assume so, but knowing Anthony, like, my theory is, since the PTs are now drafted and constructed, he's just going to make a stop on Seattle to just, you know, protest on the WOTC offices for, you know, like, having only constructed events. That's my theory. I think that's why he's flying so early, but he will, I don't know, he, he will tell us what he is up to when he comes back. Yeah, a lot of a lot of protests these days in the uh, Washington offices. So he's gonna he needs to take a ticket because <laughs> the line is quite long. Over Did there. you know because you went to protest for initiative, right? Yeah, I went I went there once. Didn't didn't work. Initiative still there. By the way, this morning I don't know if you caught my stream at all. I brewed this like mono red initiative deck, and it was great. I, I saw it on Twitter. I didn't catch the stream because I was out playing sports, but I, it does look decent at least. Yeah, than I mean, other the, 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 Bruce. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, if 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 the Black Initiative uh, Rare uh, one was on Magic Online, we'll also try that one, but it's not on Magic Online, so yeah, it's like this full Morad Initiative. <laughs> You're breaking it. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that if they just ban the the, the three threes, it's gonna be a million Initiative decks around. But anyway, let's delay the legacy talk for later. First. I wanted to thank our uh, new Patreon, Eric Munk. Thank you so much. Hope I pronounced your name right. Thank you so much. He's joined the, he joined the Discord. By the way, in the Discord group, I don't know if you saw Javier, but this morning I added a, a group called uh, Deck Picks, where you can share your deck, you can brag about your foils. Your, that's, your beta that's cards the also. Yeah. What's that? Your beta cards as well. You know, foils. Yeah, beta, foils, <laughs> anything you want to post in there, it's going to be there. I actually like seeing <sighs> these pictures. Like, whenever you send me, like, you know, these deck photos, I, I do like them. They're like, you know, they're like beautiful. And, you know, I, I aesthetically like them. Yeah, for sure. The. I actually spent a lot of time placing the cards at the right place, you know, on curve and things like that. It's, it's a little bit of an art, huh? <laughs> it is it is i practiced that art during like the covid days when when i was playing a lot of old school and pre-modern uh, a lot of free time and i was just always uh, making new decks and taking deck picks now you're a deck pick expert forever nice yeah i would say it's a skill that i will uh, carry over <laughs> okay okay Shall we talk about some some magic? Have you played any magic this past weekend? I'm sure you have. Uh yeah, I did, but it was mostly like just testing pioneer. So I didn't play any tournaments or no RCQs, no nothing. Like I, I don't even think I played the like, Magic Online tournaments. So yeah, just mostly testing. You know, it's going well, but we'll see what happens in Philadelphia. What about yeah, you? The, Did you play events? The new set uh, came out last weekend. There were pre-releases. I attended uh, uh, two of them. It was pretty cool. I even opened the Elish Norn. Pog. Was it good? Um, actually, Elish Norn was not really. I cast it a couple of times. It just died immediately. There's so many removal spells around. <laughs> the way... Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I won the game mostly with comments and just equipments and things like that. That's good just, though, right? Like, that sounds good to me. Yeah, 
the amount of uh, great commons is just impossible. There's a guy that's a five mana four four haste with toxic three. That it's, sounds good, right? Which color? Yeah, is that? but just there's so I don't know. I was so impressed. Like there's a five mana four five that comes into play with two oil counter, and you remove one, and you gave haste to a creature. So like it's a four mana, it's a five mana four five haste, and gives the creature another another creature haste. That sounds pretty. This seems sounds like a good uncommon, right? No, those are common. No, I know, I know, I know but they, this one sounds like a good oh, yeah, uncommon, yeah. you know, like in other sets. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I was impressed because I had also another planeswalker at Koth, which like was not good at all for a planeswalker. You know, it was it was fine. Yeah, like this this so. planeswalkers like they're often like not that good in limited. The kind of planeswalker that just like just not very good at defending themselves in some situations. Yeah, I assume yeah, I assume exactly, the Tunnel of Wonder is a bomb, for example. You know, like it depends on the. And how then these planeswalkers are worded? Like I assume also Nisa or Braska, they have to be bombs, but Jace or Koth probably not so much. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Probably these other cards you mentioned are great, but I, don't know, I just ended up having Koth, just two mountains. So it was just a shock. I don't know. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Just you want to think about planeswalker, you think about this. Oh wow, it's just best pick ever. A hundred percent playing in my sealed deck, but it wasn't like this. Yeah, that's good though. Like I like when this cards are like good, but not like you know like played. And if you end up with it, the game is completely over every time, which I guess is the case oh, of Nisa. Sure. Like Nisa really looks like that kind of planeswalker, but that's that's it. I mean that's fine. Yeah, the the power creeps of commons and uncommons is uh, yeah definitely makes draft and sealed uh, way more challenges because you have so many good options. Seems like cube, right? I think that's a good sign. Like I tend to like formats where the commons or the build around cards are good. Where you have to, you know, use those cards to actually like create something powerful, uh, you know, as opposed to like formats like I don't know, Dungeons and Dragons set, where we just like you know, open the rare and just hope to draw it, and that's it, because the comments were much mm -hmm. worse. I think I, I think I like. I mean, I haven't played yet, but I like what you're saying. <laughs> for sure, for sure, and. Uh... Yeah, also, I, I returned home on Saturday, and then on Sunday, I played the the, uh, the PTQ, the Magic Online PTQ that had 446 players. The huge one, huh? It was huge. It was 10 rounds Swiss, and I actually finished it. I played it all rounds because, you know, they give prizes up to top 64, 128. I ended up going 6 and 4, which isn't uh, the best thing ever. Yeah, it was a long day and good day of competitive magic for sure. Yeah, it was a good PTQ for Spaniards also because I think there were like three Spaniards in the top eight or something like that. I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, so it was a good, yeah, good, for sure. good tournament for Spain. We, yeah, we will talk about it, Spanish. I mean, if you're a European uh, magic player that played GPs, yeah, played GPs, you know that Spanish people always... I don't know. Every time there was a modern GP Spanish player pool, were like half of the top eight. Every time there was a team event, like you know, probably all the top eight were Spanish people. So, yeah, I remember one GP. Yeah, like they, 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 they seem to do well in those tournaments. So it is happening yeah. once again. That's cool. I think it was GP Liverpool, the team one. There was like four teams were all all all, all Spanish. Yeah, I think it was three it was or four. four. Yeah, maybe it was all four. Yeah, exactly. That one where we we. Properly busted, <laughs> but this well, we made day two. Yeah, we made day two, two, but not too well. Yeah, it was. I think it was three or four Spanish teams. Yeah, maybe it was four. I don't remember right now. But yeah, overall, the Spanish community is always happy when there are tournaments that are modern. You know, like important tournaments. All right. 
for sure. Um, yeah, so I'll talk about my uh, deck choice for sure. My, uh, I decided to move away from Merktide for this weekend. And uh, I believe this is a nice moment to kind of like talk about uh, the, the my thought process and the, you know, why I chose to go away from the deck that I champion uh, so much these days. So I think that last month when I played uh, Merktide in, in Trieste, I think it was a, a very good moment for the deck. Uh, the metagame was, um, was, was really good for it, I think. But now I think a lot of uh, control deck just just like elementals and again like control chalice of the void decks are probably at its highest and uh, i don't know i felt like i felt like blue and merc that was maybe a little bit too hated in fact uh, there were zero in the top uh, 16 of this ptq and uh, champions like uh, champions of the deck like uh, doom switch also moved away from it for the ptq uh and you know might just be the next week it's again the right choice but i really felt like it was time to change it for that particular uh, weekend, and I went for Creativity, uh, which uh, tries to prey on those decks that prey on, on Merktide, and also notably has a bad matchup against Merktide. In fact, three of my four losses went uh, were against Merktide. So um, overall, I think uh, you know it might not be a great choice because again, I I went six and four, so that's not exciting. But uh, Merktide, uh, no, sorry, Creativity had a great weekend. Uh, Two people in the top eight and uh, with a nice uh, performance in the star city game events that we're going to talk about later so yeah what, what, what do you think about my my metagame choice does it make sense to you well it does make sense and it's also like all the players i mean you, you mentioned like doom switch he also did the same right like this weekend and so it's it's um it seems like some other people also fall like that because you see some names not playing mortite and honestly i think that was the perfect Choice. I mean, even seeing the metagame in the top of it or whatever, like creativity was a good deck to play in this weekend. And yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I think you did well. I like if I was well play myself, I think creativity was a good deck to play, and I would probably just will follow you if I had to. You know, if I if I was going to play the PTQ, I will have played the same as you. Yeah. Even once you locked it on creativity, though, there's so many choices you can go. So there is the the PTQ finalist. Uh, well, I guess they split the final. Uh, Varo, who also happens to be a, a PT top eighter, uh, he played uh, a teamer. So that is the version with burst lightning and mana leak that we talked about on the podcast a few weeks ago. There is also uh, the other version that is the one that I played with uh, Leyland binding and Teferi, so splashing white. And then there's another version that uh, took down the Star City game uh, on Friday, 167 player, a 5k that plays instead the 3 persist and 3 beta reunion. So it's very interesting how inside the same archetype, inside the same like quote-unquote combo deck, there's three different variations that change about like 10 cards in the main deck. Yeah, it's been happening like that for a while, but for me, I am a big advocate of the Mana League 1. Like I've played all three versions. I I'm not a big fan of the persist one. I think it's actually like probably like the most explosive one, but it's it is the one I like less against the bad matchups, like the Mortis and the such. And I think the the Manalik one is just like so you know, it's so good at doing what it does. Like it just this feels like the, the draws are more smooth. You know, cards like Manalik and Burst Lining just you're better against the you know Ragavan situations where you're in the draw and the such. Like I understand the wide Splash specifically is supposed to be great against Mortide. 
But in my experience, you also lose a lot of games because of the clunkiness, and you know, like you become weaker against Blood Moons because you have less counters and such. So I, I, I'm if I have to choose, I mean, I will have played the Metal League one. That's that's my that's me. Yeah, that's um, again. I am not uh, sold on uh, on on playing the the version with white. I prefer it because, as you said, uh, I have a bad matchup against Marktide, and I like the uh, Leland Binding in the main deck. Um, and also, you know, Teferi is obviously great every time you uh, you get to play against like those control decks. And again, uh, my metagame call was to beat the control deck slash just so I like Teferi also for that for that reason. Um, and I think that you did you mentioned an important thing is that if you play Teamer, you have a lot of counters to Blood Moon, and Blood Moon is the card that I lost every match against. So I mentioned I said that I lost to three Merktide. They weren't actually Merktide. Uh, one was a uh, just a Breach, the Fair Breach, and one was a Blue Red Phoenix, and the other one was Merktide. But all three of them, I always won game one and lost game two and three. Uh, because what happens for sideboard is that they you can't really tap because you have to respect Blood Moon, and then you just end up losing to Blood Moon anyway because they can't like <laughs> find the moment where you know they get you with it. Classic Blood Moon, eh? so yeah. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I I thought about it a lot, and I think the right play is actually to go back to Abundant Growth. That's the old tech of like I, w- I want to say a few months ago at this point that I think it's good again now in five color creativity. Yeah, I mean that's that's a card that definitely like helps you a lot against um, the Blood Moon situation. Even though if you play in the White Splash, it still it still creates a situation where Lane Nine Binding is still pretty bad. So I think Timur or the Black version with Persist are actually better, to, you know, better equipped to actually play with the Abundant Growth. Is that correct? Like, do you think feel that way? Yeah, that's that's entirely right. Today I was streaming with Five Color Creativity because I wrote a um, updated cyber guide, and that actually is free right now on Channel Fireball. Uh, you know how I have one article per per month is free, and I chose to put this one. So, um, so I had a, I had a league where my hand was three Leyline Binding, two Veil of Summer. I had four lands. I was all mana up, and my opponent just played Blood Moon. Uh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> Blood Moon, because because once. You can float white mana, but uh, the Blood Moon makes all your lands red. So Philian Bani costs five, and it, it only has four lands. So. That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is. You know, if I had like mana leak or four spell pierce, opponent could have never. I don't know. It was a. It's yeah. But at the same time, I got to win every time game one very consistently because I had such clean answer to Ledger Shredder that the that the other deck doesn't have. Yeah. So. It's definitely a, a difficult thing, but again, I I think it's super cool that you know one of the most popular deck in modern creativity still hasn't uh, sorted is 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 full deck list. <laughs> uh, let's let's quickly mention the uh, paper events that happened this weekend because I love paper magic and there are some organizers that you know are definitely worth um, mentioning on our podcast. There are two, um, a, f- a 10K and a 5K from the Star City game uh, weekend. One was on Friday, it was won by, we mentioned the uh, Indomitable Creativity, then we have Amulet Titan, Merc Tide by a popular content creator, Twinless Twin, and uh, Domain Zoo, that was the top uh, four, uh, with two more Amulet Titan. Amulet Titan, in the top eight, Amulet Titan had a fantastic weekend with two copies even in the PTQ, the, the Magic Online, very large one. So 
definitely a deck that's preying on Blue Red Merktide, maybe doing a little bit worse than usual. Yeah, I think that's that's another reaction. Like, I think if you will expect to be like facing a metagame with less Mortide, you will either play like Creativity or whatever, or you will go for Titan. And I think that's something going to happen. I mean, this tournament also has like another Titan in the top 16. Like, it's not like two players only play Titan, right? Like, some of the players also thought like, yeah, maybe there's going to be less uh, Blood Moons around, so it's a good time to pick Titan. And I mean, that that is a, also, it's a deck, like, I don't think it's particularly powerful, but every time it is ignored, it just comes back. You know, like it's just like good enough that it has enough like turn three kills or whatever. And I wanted to say also like five color suit once again, like we keep talking every week about modern and there's always like a five color suit at this point. Like I'm pretty sure I've seen more five color suit than like scam decks lately. So I think I'm ready to call this deck like perfectly good, you know, in order to win tournaments in modern. Yeah. This list is uh, slightly different as it's playing uh, a lot of weird choices like uh, Mantis Rider, Obnixilis, you know, wow. <laughs> Charlotte Sage. And so it's definitely uh, a, a very interesting list, but it plays the core of the deck is definitely Tribal Flames line, Leyline Binding. Like you get to play one mana removal, two mana Lava Axe, and that's the core of the deck. I mean, so Omnixil is here. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of Omnixilis, but if you sacrifice a large creature, it actually does more than we're used to, right? Like, it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it's about going to ultimate if you can because we're we often see Omnixilis in decks with small creatures. So the copy is like a one loyalty Omnixilis, but if you sacrifice like a territorial Kabu, then suddenly it's a five loyalty. You know. Yeah, but you also sacrifice territory Kabu, so I don't know how much you want yeah, to do that. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. I mean, because the, the, Omnixilis is like a super lava spike in terms of like what it does at the end of the day. And this is a deck that is not that far away of wanting to play a lava spike. You know, like it doesn't play yeah. a lava spike, but it isn't that far. Like Mantis Rider here is just surely like, hopefully like a lava spike that then the monster removal spell, that's it. Yeah, yeah the... This weekend, there was already uh, the Brothers War cards were already legal, and uh, we see some Brothers War cards in the top eight. So I guess you mean Phyrexia, you know, since... right? What did I say? Brothers War. We're okay, past I'm that sorry. part. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like Melita, the, the Living Cure. I don't even know what it does. What's that? Melita, the Living Cure. Cure. Uh, Kura. Where is it? I don't know. Where it's in the sideboard of the Sudek. Oh, it's copies. the cyber of the zoo deck. No, I was going to mention other cards, but Melira, the Living Cure. Yeah. Let's check. Let's it's check like Safri. It I, I know it's like the old Safri, similar like that. Melira. So it's a two mana three three. If if you would get one or more poison counters, instead you get one poison. So this is they they put us in the cyber for poison deck. Maybe they were expecting a poison. No, deck I think I think they put it against control because it it just like it's makes like... the Cabo have one more life. I assume. Oh, so if they want to kill a creature, mm. you save a creature. But it's similar yeah. to the Safi car from Future Side, but this one is 3-3. Three, three. Like, it's a diff like 2-2 two, two for 2 mana is unplayable completely, but 3-3 three, three for 2 mana, you know, it's much better stats. You know, it doesn't die to basic Unholy Heat. So yeah. maybe that's why. Oh, no. Yeah, there are a couple of other cards worth mentioning. Uh, AJ Kotso came second on, on Sunday and he was, and they're playing uh, one mental a minor misstep in the main deck and over the spell snare in the spell snare slot. So basically what you said. Um no, I would also I I think I said one step is one minor misstep, one yeah. uh, 
one spell uh, similar to what you said <laughs> yeah yeah i mean so uh, that is definitely a card but i think the biggest because uh, obviously like minor misstep it's, it's going to be cool and everything but there's a card in the four of in the main deck which is worth mentioning and that is the mycosynth garden so for those of you who don't know what this does, this is a link, comes to play untapped, it adds colorless mana, and then you can filter the mana. So it's like you pay one and a you play one and tap this and you add a color. So if you play like, you know, tappers a second, tap this, you get a green. But most importantly, you tap X and tap the gardens, and this becomes a copy of target non-token artifact you control. So you can copy a uh amulet titan, uh, amulet of vigor, and this becomes an additional copy of that until uh, this stays in play. That's Pretty good. I mean, that's a powerful interaction. I didn't expect it to be that important because, you know, you need to have the Amulet of Vigor first and the deck struggles when it doesn't have the Amulet of Vigor. And it also doesn't solve the issue of like Blood Moons and such. But that said, I mean, I don't know what they cut to put this card, but it does it does open a lot of powerful situations where you just go Amulet, play this, copy the Amulet, or maybe play a second copy and then just, you know, you can just go off and attack for 200 on the very next turn so maybe yeah. in, it's an interesting one yeah. I am definitely not an amulet expert and uh, whenever I play this deck on MTGO I don't really uh, <laughs> you, you, it's, oh, it's always I actually, so difficult I actually did play remember for PT London like I played this deck for like two or three days so I actually kind of know it I'm not an expert either but I do have some sense on how to play with it and I think this card is certainly good enough to play in this deck uh, but I'm not even, like, it doesn't sound to me like it should be a four off because, like, you did need to get some green mana and it's not always, like, super easy comp considering you have, like, some colorless lands or whatever. But I think some copies are certainly, like, good enough. And maybe it's a four off, but at least, uh, you know, like because you never want to draw, like, two of these, or most likely never, because you need, like, three amulets with two is enough to, to go off. But, yeah, I mean, th this made amulet better. That is, uh, I mean... This player with four in the main deck seems to agree with that. Yeah. Um, but overall, uh, um, the Parisha, this new set, I don't know how much is going to add to modern. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. That's always uh, some of the you know, exciting part of new set is how much they will impact our, uh, known, our known format. So I'll definitely keep an eye on. I mean, yeah, it's very hard for a new set, like the normal set, to actually impact modern. Like, if you think about it, what are the Brothers War cards in modern? Uh, we, we barely have some, right? We we had the Kamigawa staples because they were like, extremely good, but there's like there's only like Brotherhood sent around. Right? I mean, I'm sure there's also other yeah, cards. Yeah, I can smaller, think... Like, you know. Also, there's some Iconic I can class, think... But... Yeah, I can think of Cityscape Leveler. That was a card that... That saw playing Tron, but yeah, that's that's a small thing. Like uh, I think for a normal set, like you know, a non-modernization style set, I think if it just puts one card as a four off in one archetype, that's you know as good as you get. Like I think Shadow plus Harris was like uncommonly strong for you know Fable. You know I think the, the set was pretty good, but like I think other sets are not going going to add that many cards it's simply because the, the, how large the pool is, right? Like <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah, maybe you know, yeah the. The most impactful card was Haywire Haywire Might. Yeah, most likely. I actually agree, but it's still it's not like you know it changed the modern landscape or something or anything like that. It's just like you know it's randomly playable in some decks, one off, and that's it. And I think oh, yeah, Pyrexia yeah. might just be like yeah, maybe it's just the, the 
this land, which makes Amulet better, that's it. I mean, that's that's good enough, you know? Like, I think having one card that actually impacts Modern is, is pretty good for a set. That's not like, you know, Modern License again. That This is what used to be, mo Modern used to be like this. Like, you're just happy that few cards uh, could, you know, could go into these... Um, the older formats rather than just be shook up every every time. every time like yeah like i mean it's been a while though since a non-modern license said this you know shakes things that much but that's why they are i mean that's what the sets are for right like the modern license ones uh, because we'll have one yeah. this year and i assume that one will also shake things like a lot because they, they have to print cards that are strong enough so they actually shake modern the issue is when they do print enough of those, a few of them will be better than one they could expect. And that's how you end having like Hogak, you know. <laughs> like I think a Hogak could matter, like could happen again, or like, you know, another Ragavan or whatever that just single handedly changes the format. I think we're gonna have some cards like that. We don't know how exactly the nature of the cards will be, but we're gonna have some cards like that. Yeah, for sure. As at this point, if you play modern, you're kind of expecting uh, you know this this summer set to to be revolutionary like the the past two modern horizons have been yeah absolutely i think that that's the case i i don't expect the cards to be very similar like i would be surprised if they planned exactly like a one drop that's red that's just as good as the rc or or ragavan because that would be strange I mean, you remember when red had like no one drops like no no good creatures in modern only burn you know like, it seems like ages ago but it wasn't that long ago I will expect them to play like, I don't know, to bring like a sick one drop that's black, which is something we don't have in the format right now, or even blue or whatever. I will expect a, yeah, so the same kind of cards with different ones. The problem these days is just that green cards suck for like four years or something like that. Yeah. Like yeah after, exactly. Yeah. After Aqua and Uro, they just stopped printing good green card. Maybe it's time, right? Like maybe they, they just print... Like, I will not be surprised if they printed now like a sort of like similar... Like a card like Deirdre Shaman that's only monitoring. I mean, not, not, I'm not saying like the same design, but similar in power level. You know, like something like that will actually put green back in the map. And I will fully expect a card like that to happen to... Like to be printed in the next Modern Horizons set or Modern whatever. Like, I'm not saying exactly Shaman, but you know, you know, I just have one drop that's as good as Ragavan, but in green only for green uh, maybe just good with fetchlands or uh, the opposite like good without fetchlands who knows but some cards like that i also will expect some some creature that's accidentally very good against the cascade spells i'm pretty sure we're gonna see like some some kind of superpower lavinia i don't know this is very speculative but i think those are the type of cards we're gonna see in the next set most likely yeah for sure i think that hating on cascade it's 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 okay because Cascade is just uh, such a good deck, right? Again, it took down the uh, SCG on, uh, what was it, Sunday, Living End, in the final against Blur and Merktide. Just very easy deck list, uh, the classic one that you would expect. And in the PTQ, there were two uh, Rhinos, uh, two Rhinos, uh, two Rhinos deck. Kind of funny how I played against Rastaf in round number two of the tournament, and uh, so I went for my creativity, targeting a dwarf and the treasure, yes. and they had three mana up, and they went Prismaric Man, the two damage destroyed the artifact. Ah. <laughs> clean. Clean. Very clean. <laughs> yeah. 
that's a, a card I did not expect because people usually play Becoming Man's in that slot, but Rastaf had a Prisma recommend. Um, so yeah, you got you. minor changes like this. No, but, I mean they 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 do win games. So that that's for sure. But you know. Yeah, but at this point, I would say that Timir has established it as uh, the superior version, maybe. Yeah, no, I think I think it's kind of clear. I mean, it's, it's been around around for a while. It seemed like the white one was sometimes good, but I think it's the way I see it. It's similar to the to the Timur Creativity one, where the Timur deck is just like better at doing what it does, and even though it has some downsides, there's just a consistency, the consistency, and like you know how just all the cards are working in the same direction. Because you have like less answers that are not like, you know, broad. I think just makes the deck better. Yeah, I I think Timur is the best Rhinos deck. I mean, you are the Rhinos expert though. <laughs> so uh, this Sunday there is the Magic Online showcase. I'll definitely be playing. It's probably going to be another ten round event. I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm going to play, but maybe I. I mean, it depends on how I'm. Like sleeping and feeling in the testing house or whatever, I might just randomly play it with an you know an aggro deck or whatever. But if we do play, you know, see in the finals, mango. Hopefully. I don't know about that. <laughs> I think, I think I'll be playing. So, I'll obviously keep an eye on the metagame in the preliminaries and how things evolve. But right now, I would still uh, submit the same uh, five color creativity deck that I played in. Well, would you recommend? Because one thing about this top 16s is their hammer is almost completely absent. And that's a deck that I would probably consider playing this weekend. Just because like there's more like Titans and the such. And that's um less there's more Titans, so maybe Hammer is a good deck to play now. If there's this deck, but also some more blue green Mortite comes back, what do you think? Oh, uh, I think that Hammer is uh, preying on Blur and Merktide, which is maybe not having its best time, um, as well as uh, these, uh, I don't know, maybe like those uh, random six just control decks, they're probably pretty good against uh, pretty good against Hammer. Mm-hmm. Then I will not play Hammer. I'm not sure, I mean, <laughs> Hammer, Hammer, is Hammer good against the um, Rhinos and uh, Titan? No, I think Ra- Hammer is good against Titan. Mm. Sort of in the half force of vigor, but like I think Hammer is bad against uh, Rhinos. I think it, you think Hammer is bad against Rhinos? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's a good matchup because they they have like so much interaction that's good, like all these fire ices and whatever. They're actually very annoying. Yeah, but I think it's good against uh, Titan. I mean, presumably you have like better goldfish. Like you know, you're just better like yeah. faster. Mm, yeah, I guess it's not a oh. good time to be Hammer. I don't know. I kind of want to play it, but... I feel like... So, Hammer, it's still a deck I always put very high in my ranking, although it's a deck I never really see myself playing. Um, I think it's just so, like, consistently strong. Like, the plan is similar to Rhinos. Like, it just needs so little to win the game that you have to respect it. It's just the proactive decks are generally better than their reactive decks for, like, 10 rounds of in. It's just... I still wouldn't be playing Rhino uh, Hammer, but it can't be a wrong choice for sure. Okay. A deck that I have thought about playing for this weekend is Burn. That's another deck that I think sits pretty nicely in this in this top eight. It does, but last time I played Burn, like in this local event or whatever, the deck felt like so underpowered that whenever I feel like, yeah, I mean, Burn will really be well positioned right here, and I agree actually, Mango. Then I'm like. Yeah, but even even when you are well positioned, it's like 
but it sucks, you know, like the deck is under the deck is underpowered. It's like the opposite of when you play Blood and Mortite, you know, like you, you play against matchups that are like rough, but yeah, your deck's yeah, so sure. good that you can still like be like, you know, having that matchup, but my deck is so good that sometimes it carries, you know, it carries and wins the match anyway. I have the opposite feeling with burn. Like it's like, you know, playing good matchup, but you're like, yeah, this is comfortable, whatever, and then your deck is just like so underpowered and modernized and still modern that but I feel like a lot of you know, it's, it's, I think that's why we just keep seeing like almost no burn in the top tables or whatever. Like it, it literally needs like a lot of good like things of go their way. You know, the decks are just like super weak to but burn. It is it is a good choice if you want to just play something easy at the at the testing house. Yeah, but I think if if I'm gonna go for burn, I will just go Rhinos. I do think it's a better deck. Like Rhinos is still like a fast okay. deck that's not super hard to play. It's kinda easy. I mean, of course it's modern, so it's not super easy, but it's kinda easy to play, it's an aggro deck. Games are fast, so I can play and then just go do something else while I wait for the next round. And I think it doesn't Makes like Rhinos doesn't feel like you know, when I play Rhinos, I don't feel like my deck is bad. I feel like my deck is doing a powerful thing consistently, and I think that makes it better than Burn. I will probably just play Rhinos over Burn. Yeah. In yeah, in makes sense totally. So well, I mean, see you in the tournament. I think we can just move on the next format. Would you agree? Or For sure, yeah. We mentioned a little bit in the tournaments this weekend. Yeah, those tournaments are cool. Maybe, you know, you're going to... You have some events in the future, right? In Italy there, so let's see if you can take some of them down. <laughs> yeah, the um, the Four Seasons is going gonna, is gonna to happen soon. Actually, my very good... Our very good friend, Carl Christian Clacano. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he... He booked a ticket to 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 Italy for two weeks, and uh, so we're gonna go to Four Seasons. Then we're gonna go to uh, it's gonna come to my to my house in Senegal. Then we're gonna go to Naples. Great. Was Carl gonna go to Naples also? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he he's gonna play the the last chance qualifier. Oh, maybe he can pull a people and qualify, qualify yeah. for the tournament and then yeah. get to the. Unfortunately, so my my tr- I, I booked the train to go to 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 Naples on Friday, so he has he has to leave the day before, so we. we don't travel together uh, because he, he has to play on Friday morning. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, but uh, I'll definitely enjoy have, have fun playing some standard and paper with him. No, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you cannot go wrong with playing with a calc. <laughs> yeah, built a couple of paper uh, standard decks. I played them over the weekend. Um, yeah, the I mean, game plan of standard is so much different than, than the other game plan that it's refreshing for sure. I do like it. I... I think the gameplay in standard right now is very good. I've been liking it a lot since last month. I didn't love it when they just took out the Me Too massacre and it just like became like impossible to come back. But nowadays I'm just happy with it. I do believe these mirror matches of like Esper Legends or whatever are a little bit like snowbally because you know if you get Rafine start going first, whatever, it's very hard to come back. But well, other than that, it's just excellent. And by the way, this weekend, I mean, we talk a little bit about like how Esper Legends were cool and whatever. They just took over this the format like super like strongly, you know. Like the, the, the challenge are like, I mean, if they were not won. Like the first one, for example, was not won by Esper because Mardu was the one taking it down. But he has like six in the top eight. That's a lot of top eights, you know. Yeah, standard is a format where metagaming happens consistently. We see now zero soldier decks. It's just it's just classic standard and why Anthony likes it so much because it's just. just yeah, just metagaming is so relevant here, right? Yeah, and also like details like, you know, having more 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 cards against the one and type and the such, it's so important. 
We also still see see some of the black red midrange, but I think those eggs are gonna be out like somewhat soon unless the soldiers come back. I think Grixis are Grixis decks and Mardu decks are just better, you know, like considering how how the metagame is positioned. And I don't know how good the Archangel of Grath is, like the 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 wide large cards against the this like Esper decks. Because I think the the wedding announcement has to be like pretty mediocre, right? Out of these Mardu decks. So I assume it's the yeah, angel. Because, you know, that's, that's... Yeah, what happens against those Esper uh, Legends is that, is that just fly over you. You have so many flyers. Exactly, and the tokens are not going to do like too much. So I assume the angels... I mean, I had some troubles with the angels, both Century Garden and Archangel of Wrath, you know, trying to refine over over them, right, with Rafine. Yeah, no, I mean, those games are surely interesting, and I expect like a lot of matches to be decided by like, you know, the classic two... Two cards in the sideboard of a deck. There's some interesting... I mean, the decks... So there's one thing I want to talk about. It's like, not everyone is playing the same deck list. There, there's like a lot of different things. There's Esper with Announcement. There's Esper without. And then the sideboard slots are like, you know, obscuring, obscuring Interceptor. There's a player with two Dollhouse of Horrors also on the sideboard, you know, on the Esper Challenge. So there's a lot of different versions. I have no idea what's better, but I think that's a... A very fun process to go through, like you know, trying these cards, trying the different cyber plans. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So yeah, there is a fan of this kind of. I've been, I've been so impressed by the channel lands when I played this deck. Like one mana Tawara, one mana Ganjo, so good. Yeah, it seems like the reason that this deck is built like that way is just the power, the power of the of the spell lands, like the fact that you can use both Mulligan, like floodless, skewerless, and have these powerful spells. I still don't get the 40 Ganyu 3 Otawara, but that's uh, re- oh, yeah. already said it before. Same. Yeah. But <laughs> the, yeah, the, the Plaza of Heroes also so powerful. Plaza of yeah, the, this whole shell is like, you know, it doesn't matter exactly with which legends you play, but the, because the lands are so powerful that everything is going to be good if you throw it into the battlefield, right? And I like it. I mean, I like it this way more than Pioneer. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't been looking at any Pioneer. But I'll be excited to watch the coverage. Yeah. That's definitely something I very, very much look forward to see the coverage. I will do the same in their position, you know, like not play a pioneer game, but also be excited about the coverage. <laughs> that's that's what I will yeah, do. Yeah, like, like it doesn't matter what, what you know, if it's like Javier Dominguez against Reed Duke, it doesn't matter the format. I'll just be excited to watch it. Yeah, hopefully draft, you know, draft in... 3-0 bracket or whatever, day two. Ah, I kind of, like, yeah, I'm kind of, like, you know, excited about the drafting part. Now, let's see. I haven't drafted in, sure. a, in a long time in terms of, like, in a tournament. And, yeah, we'll see. I'm not that exciting about, uh, I don't know. I've never been an, um, a fan of watching coverage of Limited in the past, but... Yeah, I think Limited, I like... limited is, like, better for playing. I always thought, like, Limited in the tournaments like that are is better for playing, but the worse for watching... And constructed is like worse for playing in the speedies or whatever, but much better for watching, which is why like the early rounds are limited, and I think and the the late rounds are on the topics or whatever, they're always constructed. Like the, the, this is just much better to just uh, to watch by home, you know, the coverage, so, you see the decks and the such. When I when I was you know practicing limited and, and doing a lot of limited, I would actually go back and watch the the play pattern of the limited games just as a lesson as a you know teaching moment i love to like 
learn from like other streamer and old uh, mm-hmm. old pro tours and stuff like that but now that i'm just enjoying as a viewer uh i i, I don't i don't think i'll skip the limited part also because i don't really know the cards very well i just play the pre-releases and i don't really plan to play to draft more but uh yeah yeah not knowing yeah. the cars is a big deal like not knowing what the cars are doing exactly. yeah it, that, that, i think that's why just i mean historically the far as far as i know the the limited tournaments they have like less people right like they, they have less viewers and maybe they do have less more players though like i remember when they did mm-hmm. the the lms in bologna this past summer it was it was sealed and he had like 900 people that they, they they never had this big number in paper yeah i mean it's it's, it's because like it's cooler to play right like it yeah it's the same again like it's better to play but then if you're gonna watch it at home i personally would rather just watch it like constructed you know because i know what's going on i know the decks and whatever i know sure. what i'm watching yeah i think that's just like uh yeah yeah i think that's a good thing yeah you know like they're displayed it this way but i'm also i'm i just can't help I'm, I'm more excited about the limited part because of you know that novelty because i i felt like i was not ever gonna get that chance again <laughs> oh no if i was a if i was a, a competitor if, if i was qualified i would be so excited to yeah. just you know go in a testing house and uh, draft because it's so good you just it doesn't matter if, you, if i haven't drafted for two years i can just you know be there read the spoiler and be like as good as somebody that you know whereas for for constructed you have to be like Yeah, you to follow a little bit more and things like that. So that, that's why I think playing, it's more exciting to, to play limited, but watching, I think it's a little bit less. Yeah, yeah, so totally agree. All right. But as it is, as it is, my most exciting format are, in fact, uh, the one, uh, the constructed one. So why don't we talk about the next uh, constructed format? Yeah, which is Legacy. Which is Legacy, yeah. So on Saturday, there was another qualifier, which, you know, It's not like it's not popular and modern, so it had about I think 150 players, yeah. uh, but still like a, a very big event, very important event. There were only one initiative deck in the in the top eight. Actually, I got to uh, see some rounds of a friend of mine who didn't do uh, as well. But um, the winner is a name that I remember from the old days of Magic Online, JSTMST, oh. with uh, four color. For color control with <laughs> one Lele Manning in the sideboard. Remember when they met Ragavan yeah. and they talk about Lele Manning? It's finally there. Lele. Yeah, one Lele, and yeah. one in the main deck as well. Notably, one in the this, list, Two off. this list is missing Endlands. Zero Endlands. Yeah, mm, I actually can't get behind that. I, I was not feeling that great against Endurance. Uh, you know, it's good against Alvar or whatever, but I'm not sure Endurance is better than Lele Manning against Alvar specifically. So maybe this is just like... A better version maybe this player just made this deck better honestly how about this how about this there are zero carpet main deck zero pyroblast main deck in either the blue red delver or the uh, four color there is a nice little top eight with almost every archetype why do they need to ban cards legacy what do you say mm, i think in terms of balance it is a good thing like i think this topic is like further balance or whatever But I do still, I mean, it's just, you can just ban things if you think the like, player are not enjoyable to people and people, less people play the format, which is uh, kind of what happened with Ragavan. If I remember correctly, Ragavan Delver didn't have like better win rate than it did after the bans, right? Um, yeah, I mean, the legacy could stay like this. I certainly would prefer for them to ban the initiative, just get it, get rid of it and just move on. But if you want to live in a world where Pyroblast is not a medical card 
um, initiative is the, the solution to that problem, if you think that's a problem. Now, it creates another problems where, you know, you have like this uh, <laughs> games where you just get easily killed in turn one. So, yeah, for me, it, for me, it's always been a matter of, um, you know, a, 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 yeah, uh, how I enjoy the gameplay, like this blue meters or whatever. Yeah. I mean, now, sort of like, you know, there's one Pyro Blast on the topic, though, but the other players have like zero Pyro Blast and they have a braid main deck over Pyro Blast. Well, do you think a braid main deck is a good sign of a good format? And like I see that, I can get behind that. Like, I can respect that. I just, just like the the situation where you know decks are not ending the games too fast, which is what Initiative is doing. Yeah, so I was pretty much thinking that uh, they would abandon Initiative, but I don't know. I feel at this point they're doing the classic legacy approach, which is just wait a few months, see what's up, and uh, if the win rate of the deck goes below 50%, they're not going to ban it. I think that's what's happening. Yeah, but that, that just does not take into account how much it warps the metagame, right? Like, like I know, I know, yeah, I know. It, that, that's just a lazy approach, in my opinion, because, it, you know, any deck in Legacy is going to eventually get behind 50% if it warps things enough. Exactly. You know, like, exactly. It, like it, if Mono Blue Merfolk was the best deck in Legacy by a lot, and we see start people seeing, like, you know, like, uh, Pyroblast main deck... That's you know I, I that that that's gonna happen that and that's gonna like make the deck go worse. I understand, I understand. Yeah, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like so uh, right now, if you look at the top, I'm not defending the initiative deck. I also agree that it's not very fun, and I enjoyed Legacy, you know, when like Death Rise Shaman and and Leovold were were good, but that's another story. Uh, like if you look at these uh, top uh, blue 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 red Delver deck list, they don't play enough out anymore. So they're back to Lightning Bolt. Yeah. So I feel like decks aren't really cannibalizing anymore, except, you know, you don't see Carpet of Flowers and Parablas main deck anymore. That's, I don't know. Also, you see uh, Ali in the in the top eight. He's a, a player from Sweden, and he forewrote two preliminaries uh, this week and also top eighted the PTQ with lands. And he said that uh, decks just don't really respect lands anymore. And he's just winning because... Uh, Imarit Lage is like untouchable, of course, and they, he has this steely resolve in the sideboard that Mono White can't deal with. Yeah, no, that but that's another consequence. Like, yeah, I think so. Exactly. This part of thing that initiative creates, or you know, some like they 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 have to to build the decks differently. It opens the door for decks like Lance to become good again, as long as they're good against initiative, because the exactly. Delver decks are just you know not that well suited, especially off the sideboard, because. In Legacy, all the cybers are like very tight or whatever, but the fact that they have to play cards like the Prorant Creatures, or even Nemesis, which are not like particularly, you know, stellar in many matchups because of the initiative matchups, that that's that's a thing already opening the spot for these decks. Even decks like I don't yeah. know, Storm or whatever. They I mean a storm specifically, maybe it's not that good against uh, initiative, but if you play Chalice or whatever, but like I think decks like that are ready to come to come back again stronger. Maybe that they like Colors of Drassi, you know, like these big cloud post decks, those are actually maybe ready to come back as well. Yeah, so I think that um, a very similar discussion of, of of this could be talked about for, for Popper, which is that a large portion of the uh, of the of the fan base wants ban happening in Popper as well to like Affinity or Monastery Swift Spear. But at the same time, whenever there's tournaments, and especially the important ones, Affinity and Burn are like sub-50% win rate. 
um, you have you have people that actually uh, do that. I, I I'm pretty sure they also do that for for legacy. I don't know how I, I didn't see them for the PTQ, but it's a big I'm difference. I think there's a big that... difference, Mango, here because for example, okay. the last mock in legacy, the last mocks or whatever, I think it has like four initiatives in the top four. You know, okay. like I think I understand the par- the parallelism you were trying to indicate, and I think I agree conceptually, but I think. This is not what is happening right now in the legacy because when the, the okay. when the, there's like these mocks or whatever, the tournaments tend to be like initiative based mostly. Yeah, no, no. I mean, again, I, I'm not really taking part in the discussion. I I also would like to see the the mechanic uh, the mechanic go uh, as you. I just uh, I. I, de- I, t- I definitely see a, p- a parallel between uh, between these two these two formats right now as just people are hating so much something that it's actually like I don't know not not really winning that much. Yeah. That's that's what I'm trying to say. No, absolutely. Yeah, you know that's and and you I mean show me before what happened with Pauper. I think it's it's um, I mean this this formats it's it's always interesting for me to to see how these formats evolve and they they they're not that different in that regard. I guess the other difference is like Delver has pretty much consistently over, like des- decent win rates like every time. Yeah, like it just keeps happening. You know, like yeah. Just... I think I think at this point, a legacy player kind of accepted it, right? Yeah. Like I remember, it's always been like this. Like he just Delver, it's there. I, I mean, yeah. sometimes there was a a window. I think when they banned uh, Arcanist, Yoko, whatever. Yeah. Also right, like but between the banning the banning of Arcanist and the printing on the of Ragavan, there was a time where Delver was not good. I think yeah, a tiny a tiny bit window, but I guess Ura was legal and it was kind of dumb. But I also remember that like, De- Delver stopped playing even Delver until initiative. Like remember before initiative, some Delver decks were playing on two Delvers, some were playing zero. The initiative made them go back to four Delvers. It's to forget this yeah, kind like of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like. You know, the format's still evolving and we're going to see more. I mean, I still think it would be better without initiative cards, but once we're past that, I think the, the legacy format is still adapting. And I think, you know, we keep seeing like new informations, like the, yeah, these two nemesis or whatever. You know, and there's always a combo deck around or two. There's at least, there's uh, <laughs> Cephalid is still making top eights every week, by the way. <laughs> like there's one in the third place in the PTQ. It's this time without the. The Strixes. This is the anti, the anti version, I guess. But yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we I saw a friend of mine uh, doing very well in the. I think it was a challenge. I think he top sixteen with uh, with Cephali. Definitely, yeah. Just uh, again, just another, and one. It's like you see how this topic of the PTQ is so diverse, right? You have Doomsday, which is definitely a deck that's bad against Delver, but you know, praise on the deck that tried to beat it. And I don't know. I don't know. Feels could be worse. Like yeah. The, yeah, yeah, could be could worse. Be worse. Could I, be I think worse. the gameplay with initiative is not good, but other than that, it could be worse. I agree, and you know, I don't like initiative, but it is certainly doing some good things for the format, at least in so, terms of diversity. So it's good. Yeah, so I was playing this morning with this Monoride initiative deck, and um, you know, I I, I kind of shared the, the experience that these ancient tomb decks win when they draw Ancient Tomb because Ancient Tomb is a Mox, a colorless Mox and a land attached to each Every other. Every turn. So <laughs> yeah. It's like it's a card advantage because you're yeah. you're, you're you're playing two cards in one. Exactly. It is and card once, advantage. Yeah, once you realize that you are playing a power nine, it's 
it's kind of feel like wow actually i'm playing a power nine in my deck because but yeah like and obviously it wasn't very good in the past because the cards the three drops to cast with it were not good but now you have fable the mirror breaker you have the initiative cards you have you know like eight cast with kappa cannon here thought monitors a saga and like just the magic will keep on printing good cards and the enabler which are ancient tomb and chrome mocks are just there and waiting yeah, for Yeah, Kramox is like a strong card. Like whenever they play Kramox, I'm like, okay, I, I just need to defend because I'm a hard card advantage or whatever. But whenever I'm playing Legacy, I might not draw and they go Ancient Tomb in the turn one. It's like, wow, this game is going to be rough. And the other way around, like when I'm playing the Ancient Tomb decks and I have like Ancient Tomb on the play, it's like, you have so much advantage. I never thought of it, as you said, uh, as like card advantage, but it's actually true, right? You're getting two mana sources in one card. And that's just like completely powerful. It's, I mean, I never thought of this, but I mean, these decks would never probably just be good without the tomb, right? Like, it's just like a card they need to to become yeah, like this good. Today, I had many games where I went ancient tomb, and then I was playing this like 12 zero mana card, zero mana, uh, mana, <laughs> sorry, like like free mana. I was playing Petal, Sima Spirit Guide, and Chrome. So I, I was getting three mana like every time. Yeah. And that was just so nuts. Like, you know, even if the cards, the, the red initiative cards are not good, the fact that it was, I had four more free cards in Sima Spirit Guide just made so that I was so much more explosive. So if I got a, a, the nut, I would go one one turn earlier. Yeah. But then, of course, you have, you have force and etc. So at the end of the day, like I said, it's balanced. No, but, but if you force, I think that's the key with Tomb. Like, if you force a spell when they use Kramox, it feels like you're ahead in cards, right? Whatever, like at least Spirity. But when they play Tomb, then land on a creature and you force a will it. Well, next turn they have access to the same mana, so they can just simply play another creature. That that's a powerful. Yeah. That's a powerful. The power of tomb. Like that's why seat of traitors is just fine, and I think tomb is like completely super powerful. I think that's a that's a big difference there. Yeah. So today I have I posted on on, on a screenshot on Twitter that when turn one Magus of the Moon on the play force of will, turn two fable hydroblast, turn three uh, adventurer. Uh, Force of Will. Turn four Blood Moon results. Uh, and, Enough. Yeah, <laughs> and I was playing against four colors. So exactly. Like, you can just jam a thread every turn. That's just so powerful. That's something these decks are really good at. I mean, honestly, your breed looks solid. Like, it might be good. I mean, the, the problem of this deck is that the, the two initiative cards are so bad. Like, yeah. you know. And, Absolutely. Yeah. So overall, this, this deck is probably not going to be as good. Plus, you don't have answers to Merktide. Which is like solid shit as uh, sorry, white as solid shit, touch and plow, red as like pyroblast, which is not as good. Okay. But overall, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, this summer or in the future that will print by, by by this summer I mean the Modern Horizons three sets, that will print more three drops and Ancient Tomb will keep on being, you know, one of the best legacy cards and so yeah, it's kinda like... It's part of the format identity, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's like Dark Ritual in Pauper. I think it is. I you think just, it is part of the form identity for real. Yeah, yes. you, just, you just ban the four drops yeah. and the five mana, five, three, that gives you initiative and keep Lotus Battle and Dark Ritual around. And you do the same thing in, in Legacy, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm not, I'm not saying to ban Ancient Doom, but uh, it just... It's something that will always happen. Okay, so uh, right let, now, let me write down. Mengu wants Ancient Tomb <laughs> to be banned. Thank you. I never no, thought of this before. Not. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I have a, a huge fan of 8-cast. That is the, the deck that gives me the most fun. And just right now, I'm an ancient tube challenge type of player. Okay, okay. All right, let's move into the format of the people, shall we? 
Yeah, so finally uh, alchemy. Briefly... Yes. No. No, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> Okay, yeah, sorry. briefly, uh, I talked about a little bit of the uh, win percentages of burn and affinity that don't really surpass 50%. And this weekend happened the same thing. But there's a deck that is consistently uh, just this, doing so well and actually winning, actually by the same player often, uh, RC Clean 21, winning again with uh, Fog Drawn. Yeah, I mean, I still, I'm, I'm having played Popper in a while, but I still like this deck whenever I see it. It is like. The, the strong yeah. fogs, whatever. This deck seem like so well positioned overall. Every time there's like the, this war of like and removals, you know, like early game removal. This deck just doesn't care. Yeah, in my in my local popper league, I played the Ors of Ephemerate, which I I liked. Um, the one uh, that you see in the in the top eight as well with the Pegasus Guardian. Um, I was playing with Core Sky Fisher over Deadly Dispute. Um, the idea came from uh, uh, Batutinha, and I, I liked it. Um, Core Sky Fisher is a, a excellent card. I mean, even even just bouncing like Dawnbreaker, Cleric, Thraven Inspector, Spirited Companion w was good enough for me. So one thing that that is like very remarkable for me is uh, why three expedition maps. Okay. Uh, you mean in Tron? Yeah. Tron plays three expedition map. Why? Well, Why not four? Uh, it's a Tron deck. I have, I'm gonna guess that you often you don't mind uh, Troning soon. I mean, I understand you don't mind Troning soon because you know you also don't have like, many colorless spells or whatever. But like Troning is still like powerful. I mean, I don't know. That strikes to me like it's this is strange, and I would be surprised if it's actually like correct. And you know what I mean, right? Like. Okay, so Troning is not uh, great, but also like it's Troning. Like you're gonna just win a game if you have Tron early with a refractor, the game will be over. I think the reason might be that uh, in other formats, you expedition map after you Tron, expedition map is still a live draw because you get like Poseju, uh, Sanctum of Vugin, you know, Ayo Vugin in the past okay. or Urza Saga. Whereas here, if you already have the Tron lands, expedition map. It's just, you know, not really doing anything because your lands all suck, mostly. That is very true. But, I mean, you get another tower. So you get a lot... I mean, you have a lot of ways to convert extra mana into cards. But like, namely, like, this Composite Research Flicker. But this deck... I don't know. I, I played against it, and this deck just draws so much. Like, this deck just floods every game. Okay. And I feel like whenever I beat this deck is because I have, like, a Relic, and I stop the... Uh, or one or two relic actually and it stopped them in the monic wall uh, ephemerate ghostly flicker thing and they actually just flood and die basically yeah i can i can see they that. just die with 20 mana in play this is this is again i played against uh, on, on thursday i played against it uh, with my playing as three tron decks funnily enough they were all different one was the golem foundry a version the one that came in the final uh, in the final of this challenge there's two tron decks but they are different between mm -hmm. them because when it's the combo version with Ashnod Altar, uh, it's a three-card combo. It's Ashnod Altar plus two, um, what is the name? Two uh, Mirror Retriever. You get like an infinite loop. Yeah. And then with uh, Golem Foundry or the uh, the creature that gains five life, Ferranga Marauder, you do something with it, basically. I mean, it's good. I mean, I guess that's why also Tron lands are kind of fine here. Like, they just... There's a lot of different different decks, and they're never like feeling like too powerful overall. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean the the numbers lately have definitely made 
look like Tron is very good, but uh, yeah, it's just but it's very North more also. Like, like if people now start targeting Tron, and then you know, then the burn night numbers will go up. I think it's fine for sure. Like, yeah, yep. This is why I think Popper is in a great place, very healthy because the balance is just yeah. If you put too much hate for affinity in your side, but you're gonna lose to Tron. If you put don't put too much hate for affinity in your side, but you're gonna lose to affinity. So it's it's nice to find that little uh, that little balance, and I I think the game against Affinity are fun. Uh, some people might disagree with me, but I I know I find it way more fun to play against Affinity than against Bird, for example, or the Prowess Cool Dota version of the deck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Overall, uh, right now I like the Ords of Ephemerate. That is the deck that I am uh, trying to uh, improve a little bit. Uh, and that's the deck I'm, I'll play moving forward. Definitely, definitely a fun deck. Just the classic popper experience of uh, of just the micro value. Plus, you play this like Goliath Paladin, the five mana three six, which is so good. Just such a good card. One 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 of the few initiative cards left. In yeah, they're gonna end ban everything all the initiative with enough time. <laughs> yeah, they totally like. Although in this deck. This card is played in a fair way, as in your top five lands and you cast it, uh, you know. So, I don't think. All right. I don't think it's just yeah as good as uh, as as the one the four drops that they had to ban because it was played in a terrible version. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I think we went through all the formats. Let's just maybe talk about what we want, we have, what's going to happen next week because next week we will have um, probably not podcast. I assume, right? So you will uh, you will you will be away. I will be away with Anthony, so we'll leave you alone. If we, you know, we might go protest about limited to what's your offices, but if we don't, we'll just be testing. Um, you know, certainly looking forward for PT Philly, but that means we will not be able to to make that content. We'll be just testing, uh, but we'll sure. surely talk about all we do afterwards, though. Yeah, so you will return the week after. The yeah, after the tournament, I will be back. So we'll be here talking about all the experiences in, about you know in Philly. Oh yeah, about okay. all what happened. Yeah. I think Anthony will still be protesting though. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's returning. The return from Philly to uh, Perth is what four days. Yeah, three I know. Days? Yeah, I, got, I mean, apparently going to Australia is just takes multiple days every time. So that's mm-hmm. that's that's how it is. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah, we will be we'll be back then uh, with a lot of new content. We will have a lot of. I'm sure we have a few, you know, things to tell tell about the whole drafting and pioneer experience. Uh, so always, if there's something you guys want to hear about for the next programs, you can always uh, you know Twitter us or just t- tell us in the Discord or the Patreon or whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, Discord's a good place to do so, but also like Twitter, Mango's Twitter, preferably. <laughs> Yeah, I'm always ready for. Uh, me too, though. I am also ready to read. some interaction. If you ever want to ask me something, my stream. I have a lot of people that come in my stream and ask about uh, you know some something going on in the podcast on the YouTube channel where I upload this video. People always be like, "Oh, why don't you guys show the face?" Because I don't know, it's a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a podcast. It's not a face podcast. You know? I yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, some right. people do podcasts with faces. Maybe one day we can do it so people can see our pajamas. You know, because yeah. because I do record no, in pajamas every time. I am in uh, I am in the streaming uh, streaming uh, sweatpants. Streaming pants. Okay, I mean they're they're yeah. often similar to pajamas, aren't they? Like yeah, for sure, like, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean I will also stream with these clothes if I did stream right now. Um, but yeah, I think we can wrap it up. 
shall we? We can, we can wrap it up. I'll, uh, thank you so much for, for listening. Uh, go, again, if you want to support us directly, there is uh, the Patreon at patreon.com slash Uh Thank you so much. Thank and you so much. Have a good week. Thank you.